Look at my butt. Show number 171 of Look at His Butt. LT and JK talk track. Of course. Okay, one, two, three, go. Go. <laughs> it's a show. It's a show. It's Welcome the Look at His Butt show. show. Yay. Okay. Um, we have a whole bunch of stuff because, of course, there's everything that Bill's doing. Um, so let's see. What should we start with? I've got so many things to talk uh, well, about Well, the first thing on your list is Bill's subreddit, and that link will not bring it up for me. Oh, oh, that's weird. Uh, well, it works for me, and uh, um, the link should be um, reddit.com. Here it is. It finally came up. Okay. okay. So All for right. people who want to go to Bill's Reddit, it's reddit.com slash r slash William Shatner. And the W and S in William Shatner are capped, but I don't know if that makes a difference or not. So, yes, Bill has finally his own subreddit, and it says William Shatner official subreddit right at the top. Mm -hmm. And there are a whole bunch of topics that are posted here. Um, Bill is participating in some of the discussions, and it looks like there's just a lot of random things. So as an example of what people are talking about on Bill's subreddit, someone says... I've often thought Shatner and Nimoy paired in a non-sci-fi comedy film could be another Lemon and Mathau. <laughs> I question this. I don't know if that's really a great idea. <laughs> well, uh, as a person who was a fan of Jack Lemon, but not Walter Mathau, <laughs> yeah. And I don't. I don't know. I. Th I think. Um. You know, the two of them did want to do some. Thing having to do with Harry Houdini once or something? Didn't really? they want to do that? Yeah, it was a play or something. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I know about that. Yeah, I, I kind of question that too. But the next topic is great. Someone has posted a link on YouTube to the Explosive Generation. Yay! And with the comment, great actor and so beautiful. Modern and interesting topic, topic too for 1961. And I think we definitely second that. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Um, then someone else posts a comment saying, um, my daily dose of Mr. Shatner from a local law office. Does he do this anywhere else around the United States? And I'm guessing um, it's that thing that you've seen, too. Where well, and yes, and some states have passed laws against, I don't know, law firms having celebrities endorse them on TV or something. But hmm. Bill is still doing it like mad at any state that will let him. Wow. So the comments are very interesting. Um, the, the people have responded and says, in the Detroit area, he does the commercial in the name of Goodman Acker. Same background and set, different script and number. And another person said, yep, he does them for lawyer Mike Slocum here in D.C. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He does Gary Martin Hayes here in Atlanta. I'd probably give them a call just because of the chat. <laughs> and he does somebody here in Illinois, but I can't think of the name. Yep, and finally, um, oh, Webmaster Paul, which I guess is Paul, um, says he's done a few commercials around the country, but never two in the same area. Right. So this must be like a thing that he does, right? He goes to this set, and he's got 10 different scripts for 10 mm -hmm. different lawyers, and he just reels them off one right after the other, and that's his work for the day, yep. doing his, his law stuff, and he gets paid a um, handsome fee for that, I'm quite sure. As well he should. Yeah. Someone has also linked to uh, the very fine film that we watched, The Butler's <laughs> Night Off, 1951, in which um, William Shatner plays a very pretty um, 
macho man with white socks gangster. Yes, white the socks. white what? socks gang. Yes. Oh, no. What? I stayed on the page too long. It starts showing the movie. Oh, no. No, <laughs> don't watch the movie again. Um, but this is great. Uh, the comments are really good. The first one says, oh, Bill. Bill said it. I didn't even realize this was him. Oh. Holy crap. I'm not even paying attention. So <laughs> someone posts this and Bill says, oh, my goodness, a long time ago in a country far away, at least from where I currently am. So that was nice. He commented on it. I wonder if he even remembers doing that. Probably not. Well, <laughs> unless he remembers the women that he slept with while he was doing it. Um, <laughs> but I don't think he has, makes that association. Who you don't I, think who, so? Who did I sleep with while I was doing that? Oh, yeah, I remember that movie. <laughs> um, but the comment below it I thought was wonderful. It says, macho, tough guy hood. He was too pretty to get stuck playing those parts. Such, such distinctive physicality to his movements. Gotta love the music. 50s and 60s were the best for that. But that, what a great observation. Such distinctive physicality. Yes. yes but that's yes. one where he goes, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> and the white socks are just such, socks. such a killer. <laughs> oh, so, so, so funny. Um, so there's another um, mention in here of the fact that um, Bill... Now, he's in Australia at the moment because mm -hmm. he's going to a comic book convention, but he's also doing some stuff. But there were some nice photographs of him just walking around, um, but using a cane, which we had mentioned last time. Mm -hmm. uh, but the pictures of him are actually pretty good, I have to say. Um, he looked good. He looked like he lost some weight. He's wearing all black, so who knows what that's about. Um, right. He had black socks and sandals, which were not particularly flattering. But as, <laughs> as you pointed out, you know, the hat, Bill... And and it's a hat that's too small for him. Yeah, it just didn't didn't work. Um, so the interesting thing was, I'm looking through the comments here. Now, we had talked about this. He did have hip replacement surgery back in 2008. And I he talked about that a little bit on whatever talk show he was on. It might mm -hmm. have been Craig Ferguson. And you said last time that he told Craig Ferguson more recently that he'd been kicked. So we were thinking right. he'd been kicked by a horse. Now... Over on the Moore Shatner group, one of the um, frequent posters there, a woman named Dana, who seems to really have a um, handle on what's going on, said she thought that he had had hip surgery again and that it wasn't a horse's kick. But I don't know where she got that information from, so I didn't know if you had heard anything else to back well, that up. Well, I or... hadn't heard that, but he did say he got kicked. Yeah. Um, it's possible that he had hip surgery on one side and now had to have it on the other. Uh-huh. But um, here's – okay, here's the weird thing. I want to read the quote of exactly what you sent me because I don't understand some of it. It says, <clears throat> heard Bill had hip surgery a few weeks ago. That's why he's using a cane. It was thought he was kicked in the knee by his horse. It was hip replacement, but I guess Liz got to check his hip rather than doctors telling him it's his back. He caused quite a stir sporting a cane. What does that mean? Liz got to check his hip. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. She's not a very, um, I think I mentioned this to you once before when I was trying to sort through her, her postings about, um, this picture of Bill that she had sent to him that ended up being framed on his desk. Mm -hmm. her, her writing is not very clear. And oh, okay. This is an, another in just, I can't figure out what she's trying to say sometimes. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, he said he was kicked. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. But interestingly, so this gets posted to his Reddit and Bill's in there with the first comment. 
Um, oh, and what does he say? He says, so that, um, just to clarify, the link is to an article in um, the Daily Mail online, and it's from uh, the UK, but it's covering news in Australia. And mm-hmm. he says, it must have been a really slow news day. Can you imagine the bizarre <laughs> detail they went into? Which is true, because it's all about what Liz was wearing and stuff. Uh-huh. And he says, aren't they electing a pope or something? <laughs> And that's true. So, yeah, but that's it. That's like his whole comment on this was it was a slow news day and they went into it. In fact, um, I, w- I was going to read some of the detail because I was trying to imagine a journalist um, putting that in <laughs> big quotes. Okay. Um, writing up this thing. Let's see. Um, he's in Perth, Western Australia, and appears to be in, appeared to be enjoying some quality time with his other half over the weekend. William and his spouse, Elizabeth, were seen leaving Callis um, jewelry, and his partner seemed to be taking style tips from him. His companion, who he wed in his fourth marriage in 2001, also dressed in a straw hat while down under. Her patterned hosiery could be spotted underneath her dark trousers, and she wore a gold Baroque top underneath a slightly sheer black cardigan. As she accompanied her love, she kept hydrated with a pink-tinted soft drink and lugged a shoulder bag around the city. Shatner, meanwhile, sported comfortable black jogging bottoms with a loose t-shirt to match his cane. The actor also donned a trendy trilby hat, but perhaps compromised his style by wearing a black pouch around his neck to carry his belongings, as well as sandals under which his dark socks could be seen. Okay, there's something wrong with that sentence because it makes it sound like he was wearing his sandals around his neck. But yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> hey, Bill never, never was stylish ever no. in his whole life. No, and and he remains not stylish. But that's not a trilby hat that he's wearing. No. It's just a straw hat. Yeah. Like the kind you get when you go on vacation maybe trilby, to the Caribbean. Maybe, maybe trilby is Australian slang for non-fitting. Uh, that could be a hat that doesn't look good on you. I don't know. Yes, is is a trilby in Australia. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so there's a nice picture of Bill, and he looks pretty good. And um, you know, I I noticed maybe he has lost weight because he's wearing his big honking watch, and it actually seems to be a little bit loose on his wrist. Wow. So yeah. Well, I have to say one thing. I just think it is so wonderful that Bill is so in love with the social media tools yes and he posted something he even said something on twitter about he's addicted to twitter he just loves it mm-hmm. and so now he's got his own subreddit and people have have been talking about it that you know i guess he is one of the few celebrities to set up a subreddit and to actually participate in it yeah. the way he does it's it's great i think i think he likes it because of course, being Bill, he loves interacting with people because he's just curious and he wants to know what mm-hmm. people are saying. But doing it in this kind of environment gives him a little barrier. Yes. So he can control it. He can control how much time he spends and when he spends time. And, you know, if he gets tired, he can go ride his horses or take a nap or whatever. So it's it's a controlled interaction that he can step away from whenever he wants to. Indeed, yes. But I, I just want to you know, get it out there that I think it's just so wonderful that he is not just keeping in touch with his fans, but looking for new ways to communicate yeah. with people. Yeah, he just yeah. He embraces it. It's a new thing. And once somebody kind of sort of explains to him how it works, then he's he's down with it. He's right on board. Yeah, good for <laughs> you, Bill. Go, Bill. So 
um, go read his his Reddit because it's interesting. And, you know, if anybody out there wanted to have a Reddit account and maybe mention the fact that this podcast <laughs> exists, we would not be opposed to that. We would not be opposed to that at maybe all. Maybe we can get some guy to do it. I, I mentioned that to, to that guy, and he says he's going to do it, but I think it, it um, fell off his radar because he's doing taxes or something. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, but, you know, if other people wanted to do that or if, if in fact, somebody else did start a, a, a thread and they wanted to participate, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and I just saw something on Bill's Reddit that um, uh, reminded me of it was, uh, oh, now where did it go? Because it just went right out of my head. Oh, Bill is auctioning off his, his Oscar things, like his, mm. his, his pass and his hat and everything for the charity. Yep, always doing that. And they're signed, signed things. Yes. Uh, and you have to go to williamshatner.com to do that. Yes. So uh, I think that's great. Um, let's see. Oh, he says, I am ending the auctions earlier than originally planned. The auctions will run until April 12th. So you guys oh, have okay. until April 12th if you want to buy them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think that's great. Yeah, I think it's good. Now, speaking of other uh, new media that Bill likes to embrace, let's talk about his podcast, Brown Bag Wine Tasting. <laughs> the podcast that's not actually a podcast. Okay, yes, let's talk about it. Okay. Um, so there are two... Uh, three new episodes up since we last spoke about oh, this Oh, really? On the show. I thought there was only one. Okay. Um, he did one with a dude who writes comic books, and uh, that was okay. The, I just don't think he interacts with men as well as he does with women in these sorts Aww. of environments. <laughs> so there was that one. Then he interviewed a very nice lady um, who runs uh, kind of a vintage couture uh, clothing shop. Mm -hmm. which looks like it's in Studio City, and she was delightful. She was just cute and funny and, um, you know, mildly flirtatious with him, but they were joking around about Bob Mackie uh, gowns and things like that. Do you know I wore a Bob Mackie gown in a show? Really? Yes. Wow. Um, She did not like the wine that they were drinking. <laughs> okay. And she made no bones about it, but um, it, it was funny. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. The new one, which was just posted, I guess, yesterday, um, had him doing it with a celebrity, with Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> okay. So I, I don't know. I that. Have you watched it? I did. I watched it today. And okay. I don't know how that happened, but it did happen. And it was longer than the other ones have been. And they did it in Bill's office. Um, oh. So you could see all the crap on his walls and stuff. And uh-huh. um, it was good. It was really interesting. And, and they talked about, uh, you know, they talked about Lou Ferrigno mostly and you know, all the <laughs> things that he's done and the fact that he had to overcome a disability, you know, being deaf and um, things like that and how he had to have a lot of discipline to be a bodybuilder. And then he took that into acting. And now he's kind of a like a motivational speaker kind of guy. Um, hmm. But it was good, and, and Bill's such a good interviewer. You know, he, he really is. He got into the, uh, tell me more about that, and mm-hmm. it, it, it was it was good. So I really liked it, but I noticed two interesting things about that. Um, and one, I'm, I'm surprised that you and I hadn't caught it before. When Bill is reading the labels of the wine, which, mm-hmm. you know, are like printed out on a piece of paper, he's not wearing reading glasses. Oh, Yeah. 
and I've seen maybe it's printed in huge type. Maybe I don't know, but I thought that was kind of interesting because most yeah. of the time when we've seen him reading, he has his glasses. Mm-hmm. So just kind of interesting, and he's not doing like the thing, right? He's not holding it real far away from his face or real right. close or anything. The other thing is that in this one with Lou Ferrigno, he does a Shatner swallow. <gasps> Oh. A real, genuine Shatner swallow. So I tried to do a screen cap of, of sort of the moment when he's like pursing his lips when he's mm-hmm. got the wine in his mouth. I might mm-hmm. try to do a little animated gif if I can just capture the yes. swallow. But I was like, oh, Shatner swallow, Shatner swallow. <laughs> it made me so happy. I'm sure it did. Yeah. <laughs> now, you had found something um, somewhere about how he chooses these people to be on the, the wine tasting um, yes, let me see if it's on my list because otherwise I'm going to have to make it up. Okay, um, it, but it was just sort of uh, like there was no rhyme or reason to it. It was random. Okay, it's not on my list. And yeah, basically really didn't have any rhyme or reason to it. And he was planning to do some when he was in Australia, but then his schedule would not right. permit that. So he didn't get to do those. But I guess, you know, he gets his little team together <laughs> and, and says let's let's go do some brown bag mm-hmm. and and they just head out onto the the street and go into a shop or whatever but um one of the things he did say was uh, he he wants to to uh, branch out so it's not just you know shop owners mm-hmm. so well i'm telling you we should do it we should totally yeah. be on that that's yeah. what i think mm-hmm Wow. Okay. Um, I had one more thing on my list that I, I really wanted to talk about. Well, let me find the good part of this right here. Um, our friend Frederick, who runs the uh, My Star Trek Scrapbook blog, mm-hmm. uh, hadn't been posting for a while, but he's just starting to get back into posting again. And he wrote this really good blog about one of the Star Trek novels called Spock Must Die, which I have. I remember reading it at the time. And I think for I a lot of people... I remember reading it, but I don't remember the book. I know I read it. Yeah. Um, but for a lot of people, it was sort of their first non, uh, non-canon non thing, right? It was a novel mm-hmm. by James Blish that came out while the show was, was still on, I think, or even just mm-hmm. when it had ended. So it was just a new thing. And I want to read what he wrote because I think... It's really relevant and um, captures a lot of what fandom was like then, as opposed to the way it is now. And for for people like you and me, I I think this really hits home. So he says, um, let me find where it's something good. Um, As a youth just entering my teens back in the early 70s, when I began to find the Star Trek novelizations... I was always on the lookout for the newest one. I came into it a bit late, as by that time, 1973, there were quite a few out already. So my discoveries weren't so much waiting on the next one to be printed, but the next one I was lucky enough to find on a bookstand somewhere. Uh, I was up to number three in the series when I found Spock Must Die in the book spinner of the local drugstore where I lived at the time, and boy, what a day. (laughs) I mean, the many adaptations packed into the novelizations were exciting enough, But here was a novel, a whole book on the show. Boggle. (laughs) I remember thinking that it was an adaptation of an episode or two before it sank in later that it was wholly original and not from a filmed show. I was still new to it all and the exciting wide-eyed discovery phase of fandom at this point. 
When I say that finding Trek material such as this was the most exciting thing that could happen in my life at that point, I am not exaggerating at all. <laughs> Nothing could compare to the thrill of finding a new book or a magazine with an article about the show, and I could ride on a high for days after doing so. Who needed drugs or wild physical thrills when such happiness could be experienced over something so simple? Even now, taking out these same books that I held in my eager fingers so many years ago, I am transported back to that time, and I vividly remember how each one made me feel. The flood of nostalgic feelings that they trigger and the memories they invoke are almost as exciting to relive now as the books themselves were to me back then. They made my life more special, and the difficulties I went through were more bearable. I remember listening as I read to the Carpenter song yesterday once more, which was current at the time, and it is still one of my favorite oldies. I bought my first copy of The Monster Times at about that time. So I, I just, when I was reading that, I was thinking, you know, that's that's the way it was. I remember that. That yeah. there was no internet, right? All you had, if you loved a TV show, were maybe your friends that you could talk to about it. Once in a while, the publishers would put out books. Sometimes you would see articles in magazines. And then mm -hmm. when they started publishing things like Starlog, you know, that was the only information you could find out about a show or a movie right. was these movie magazine articles. And it was like gold when you found something. You were like, oh, my God, this thing has an article about Star Trek. I have to buy it and read it 1,700 times. And memorize it. And memorize it. And then, like, finally, when, when you could communicate with other people who shared your love for it it was just like blissful and he's right it was this mm -hmm. sort of like amazing emotional high that you got on when you had something that was part of a show right. that you really loved and it's just so different now when there's so much access and there's so much material for shows well, it's a different you know, world and i kind of wonder i mean i know that that the internet has certainly contributed to the the growth of fandom but because of this easy access to other people that you can talk to about your particular fandom any anytime, day or night, anywhere, if that had been available then, I wonder if there would be conventions or how different the conventions oh, might be. Because the conventions first sprung up because people wanted to talk to other people and yeah. and share their stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, this comes back to what you were talking about in the last show, how fans want to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to talk about their feelings and their thoughts and what their opinions are. You know, talking to the stars is nice about, like, the last play that they've been in, but really they want to talk about the characters and what episodes they like best and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. that's what you want to talk to other fans about as well is yes. what's going on and and what you know and and you know all the things that make the show special to you mm -hmm. so anyway i just really liked what he had to say about that and i'm, I'm glad to to hear somebody say it because I, I think we've never really verbalized it like that but i remember certainly feeling like that back then oh oh yeah yeah i you know if, for a long time i sort of put off buying the star trek books because i just thought they were going to be crap Mm -hmm. But I was always sort of haunting that part of the bookstore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, wanting to see what they had and, yeah, and, and finding finding those things. Well, it's like the, the time I went to shore leave, and, I mean, I went bonkers. I literally walked into a wall. <laughs> when, <laughs> I don't think you ever told 
walked into a wall. <laughs> when I bought um, my copy of uh, Where No Man. Oh, of course. And I, you know, I was, I had already bought a bunch of other fun junk. So I didn't have a lot of money left for souvenirs, and I managed to talk the guy down on price, which was really wonderful. And my friend Claudia was with me, and so we're heading back up to the room, giggling, and I'm flipping through, and there's those pictures. Uh, yeah. And there's the picture of young Bill in the bathing suit leaning oh, against yeah. the wall, and I literally walked into a wall. <laughs> I, I was just so knocked out, so... Yeah, I know that feeling. (laughs) And and you don't have to be 12 years old to experience it. (laughs) No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Oh, my goodness. So, cool. Well, thank you, Frederick. That was just wonderful, and we we appreciate you expressing it like that. So good. Yes, yes. I think that's great. Uh, okay. What, what do you want to talk about? Oh, I thought we were going to do your list. Um, well, we do have some Etsy stuff, but I think we could save that for a little bit later. Okay. What is this? Um, oh, what is, um, okay. The rest of it is Etsy, right? Um, there is a bunch of Etsy stuff and, uh, Wait, what's there this is Needle-Rama thing. Oh, so that was, um, the first and last triple to join Starfleet. Uh-huh, um, but then there's this other one about being stylish. Oh, that's a cool thing. So, yeah, let's just talk about that. That'll just take a minute. This was something that was posted on Neat Orama. Let me find it here. And um, it's basically just some really cool pictures, and it's titled, Star Trek Away Team Has Never Been This Stylish. So these are some people who were doing uh, cosplay for Star Trek for um, a convention called Katsukan, in Maryland, and Katsukan, I think, basically is an anime festival, but these people all dressed up in Starfleet uniforms, mm-hmm. and they're amazing. Um, yeah. Their costumes are good. Now, the person who's playing Kirk is, I can't tell if it's um, a woman or a man. It kind of looks like a woman, but I could be totally wrong about that. Well, my because, first guess was that it was a woman. But you never know. You um, never know. But the way that they've made themselves up... Um, their faces look more like anime characters, and the uh-huh. way that they've done their hair is more like anime characters, which I think is kind of really cool. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute, and the costumes are perfect. Oh, man, mm-hmm. the costumes are so good. Um, and then, so there's Kirk, McCoy, Ohura, uh, and Sulu, and they've all got phasers, and they've got some tribbles, and they just totally look styling. They must have been such a hit. It's great. Oh, yeah. And those are great pictures they took. Yeah, really, really good. Really beautiful. Yeah, so I just wanted to um, promote this because I think this is one of the best sort of costumed uh, foursomes that I've seen. You know, we've seen people do them individually, but these four people together look really, really good. Yes. Yeah, and I like how they combine the styles, like you said, of Star Trek and anime. Yep, it looks really um, good. um, Well, don't you want to talk about Crazy Pike's latest (laughs) endeavor? Let's talk about Crazy Pike. Yeah, what has he been up to? <laughs> he wrote a book. Wow. Or maybe just the voices in his head made him write a book. Exactly. Um, this this is great. So uh, you sent me this link. And now, how did you come across this link, by the I way? I think it was on Trek today. Was it? Okay. So he decided to write a book. No one knows why. You know, 
I guess he just figured he could make some cheap money off of it because yes. he's not getting enough from going to the conventions and talking about the government conspiracy to hide time travel and all the rest of that stuff. Um, so the interesting thing is that the first two chapters of it are available on Amazon. So you, you and I've read them. So oh, you did! Oh, great! I've read them, so you don't have to. Okay, book report, <laughs> book report. So, you know, it, it's weird. I don't know really what his purpose is in writing this book, but um, he spends the first couple of chapters just talking about how he got the job at Star Trek. And then he dishes a little bit, of course, about the cast. So I thought I would just read the parts about Shatner because some of it is reasonable and some of it is just stupid. And... Um, <laughs> So here. I'm frankly surprised that any of it is reasonable, but go ahead. Okay. So here's what he says. Um, I soon realized that, yes, Bill Shatner was not well-liked, and in fact, he was disliked. But then again, his role was the captain of the ship, and he took his role seriously on and off the set. I didn't have any personal confrontations with him, but he was known to thoroughly chafe the various directors on the show during filming. Shatner was from Montreal, Canada, and a trained stage actor who used his voice effectively to bark out orders. Many years later, on the Arsenio Hall show, when asked by Arsenio why everybody disliked him so much, Bill confessed to being a bit single-minded at the time. I realized that it was the best he could do with self-deprecation. Okay, that's kind of reasonable, you know, okay. and Bill has admitted as much that he took things very seriously and mm -hmm. you know he was the star of the show and he acted like that sometimes so fine that's good so here um unfortunately leonard nimoy was receiving most of the fan mail which didn't sit too well with bill the one thing about being on sets is that it become it can become quite boring between scenes and if you're not exchanging lines with another actor you may never have any personal contact with him through the whole shoot the cast usually doesn't go out for drinks after a day of shooting. Most actors value their privacy after being on a set for 10 or 12 hours. You just want to go home and chill out. I thought it was a cheap shot for Shatner to claim in his last book that Leonard Nimoy was a secret raging alcoholic who would go home every night after shooting and get blasted out of his mind. Even if this were true, I never understood why he would have to publicly embarrass Nimoy, whom he refers to as a friend. Um... I don't remember Bill saying that. No, but even, I mean, they did the whole mind melt thing. Leonard admitted all this. It's not yeah. like Bill was making stuff up or accusing him of something that Leonard hadn't already come clean about. Right. And this is, I, I wouldn't, why would he have to publicly embarrass Nimoy? I mean, that was kind of the point about Nimoy admitting that he was an alcoholic was that no one could publicly embarrass him anymore because he'd already done it himself. Right, right. So why is he saying that? I mean, does he not know the whole context of their friendship and, and all of this? Obviously not. Like you said, he, he did this to make a fast buck, and that means you don't check into anything. Oh, so that's annoying. Okay, here's the best part. Last year, and I don't know what the last year means, when I was signing autographs at the annual Trek convention in Vegas, old Bill walked by my table as he headed over to see Sally Kellerman. My friend Gary Lockwood had a signing table next to hers, and he was surprised that Bill ignored him, although they knew each other very well. He turned his back to Gary while he flirted with Sally, and then Shatner just sauntered away without acknowledging him. Bill owed a lot to Lockwood, because without Gary's excellent star performance in the second pilot with Sally as his co-star, NBC might not have bought the Star Trek series. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. That's an interesting perspective. We're going to buy this series even though the guy we really like got killed? <laughs> I don't think that's how the executive mind works, even in TV. I don't think so either. And <laughs> the fact that he he's like, yeah, so so Bill and, and Lockwood know each other very well. Well, I think Gary Lockwood would have something to say about that also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know each other very well, but I wouldn't exactly call them friends. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I'm glad that Lockwood gets a little cameo appearance in here also. (laughs) Can you imagine, like, having drinks with Lockwood and Crazy Pike? Oh, my God. I I believe that they really are friends, and that would be (laughs) one hell of a session at the bar. Oh, my God. It would be crazy. And neither of them would stop talking. They'd be talking over each other the whole time. Oh, yes, yes. So um, I I don't really want to buy this book. But no. <laughs> um, maybe I'll see if I can get it some other way. Like maybe it'll just show up as a torrent somewhere or something. Because I'd like to see if there's any more dishing that goes on in here. Even if it's like made up kind of dishing. <laughs> <laughs> because then we can debunk it. We can debunk it. Absolutely. Very good. Wow. Crazy hmm. Pike and his book. Cur- and what's Crazy it called? It's Pike. called uh, Captain Pike Found Alive. Sean Kenny by Sean Kenny. Crazy Pike. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, as I said, it's on uh, Amazon. You can read the first couple chapters of it, and I guess it talks about other stuff, but I don't know what it is. Let me see what the table of contents says. Oh, it doesn't really say that. Oh, he had a near-death experience. It says that. Too bad. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I wonder where he gets to the part about um, the aliens and... um, Yeah, and the Philadelphia experiment. Yeah. Because we all know that really happened. Yep, exactly. Just like so, it did in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Wow. That's, that's my book report. Okay, good book report. Thank you. Thank you for quoting relevant passages to us. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I would give that book a C plus. <laughs> oh, really? You'd give it that high a mark? Okay. Well, it, it, mentions, it mentions both Shatner and Lockwood, so yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So it, you liked it on the basis of name dropping. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Good. All right. Well, I want to get to one thing Okay. that um, I've been saving up for you. <gasps> okay. Because I, um, I sent you an email earlier in the week saying, please do not read any spoilers. Okay. Because I want to read these spoilers to you and okay. get your your gut in the moment reaction. Okay. Are these real spoilers? Like they're not made up. They're really these real. These are real ones. Okay. Um, they somewhere. You know, I'm never good on details, but somewhere they showed several more minutes of into dumbness mm. to the press. Okay. And so this is what is has been reported. Okay. okay? Ready. Peter Weller is playing Admirable. <laughs> God, I can't say that word. Admiral the Admirable Miranda. <laughs> yes, Admiral Marcus, probably the father of Carol Marcus. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't like that. See, I really hate it when they have to make characters be related to each other. Like Carol Marcus can't just be a woman who's a brilliant scientist. She has to be the daughter of an admiral because that makes it like you know more complicated. Yeah. More like a romance novel. Exactly. Okay. The father of the sick child cured by Harrison has to go on 
a suicide mission with a Starfleet ring bomb. <laughs> Sorry, a ring bomb. A ring bomb. <laughs> a ring bomb. Because that... in the future, it's smaller than a suitcase bomb. Uh-huh. A so why don't bomb. they make it like, you know, an allergy pill bomb? Really? <laughs> a ring bomb. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Now, here's one that's really shocking. Uh-huh. Kirk yeah. breaks the prime direct direction, <laughs> not directive, direction <laughs> to save Spock. Oh, God. How many times did they do that in TOS? That's no news. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A lie gets Kirk busted down from captain. But really? He, he, yeah. Well, pfft. Okay. It's right here in blue and white, but he eventually returns as the first officer under Pike. Okay, but okay. Kirk doesn't lie. We're not we're not talking about real Kirk. Okay, we're talking about doofus Kirk, right. young douchey. Spock is assigned to another ship. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kirk ends up in bed with two. Cat women. <laughs> okay. Wow. Watch those claws. <laughs> yeah. Harrison attacks a summit where captains are present, injuring, perhaps killing Pike. Okay. During. Okay. <laughs> this is my favorite one. During the Spock Harrison fight. Harrison and Spock go through several buildings and end up fighting on top of ships flying across the city. Oh, God. That's like an X-Men movie. Why? <laughs> or, or Avengers. So now it's it's Star Trek Avengers. That's what Into that dumbness. is, basically. Yeah. So those are the spoilers. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have been deliberately staying away from everything because I kind of don't want to know this stuff. Oh, well, I kind of want to because I think it's funny. You know, I've managed to distance myself from the whole thing. Now, once the stupid movie's out and in my face, then I'll get mad again. Yeah. So here's the thing I don't understand. Um, why are they doing this with the footage? Like, what what is up with these previews where they're showing all this footage to the press and all that? I, I don't understand the point of that. Well, I think they think it's building buzz. It doesn't seem like it is. Well, it's, th this all thrown together, you know, just sounds like, I don't know, a, a, an, an ice cream drink that just went through the, the blender or something, yes, you know. I think it is. It's definitely the blender approach. It's like, let's throw in every plot complication that we possibly could, even right. if it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Well, I was at a movie recently, and they showed the new um, uh, preview or whatever you want to call it. And one of our predictions is coming true, yeah. which is that whole, what would you do to save your family? Um, that the only family Kirk has left is his crew. So whatever this Harrison, Gary Mitchell person does is going to result in the death of Sam and Kirk's mother if either of them are around and alive in this universe. Uh, okay. And, and probably his, his pet donkey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I saw one still uh, on some site somewhere, and it was um, um, Cummerbund walking down the hallway surrounded by a bunch of security officers, and it looked extremely 
reminiscent of the scene where Mitchell is being taken down the corridor, surrounded by a bunch of security officers. So yes. That yes. made me think that he's Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll just have to find out. And uh, I don't know. It's going to be so painful to see that without you. I, I swear to God. When is the stupid thing coming out? In June? May. No, I May? think it's May. Yeah. So not that see, far I was away. thinking if we went to shore leave and if it was still around, we could go mm-hmm. see it together then. That's true. But that's a long time from May. That's August. Mm -hmm. So we might have to go see it individually. Oh, God, that's going to be so hard. It is. I'll have to take notes. I'll bring a little notebook. Maybe I'll I'll post something on uh, Craigslist, see if I can get some weirdos to go with me. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go see this movie with other people who hate the new Star Trek. (laughs) 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 Who's up for that? Yay! So, yeah, let's do it. Let's go sit there and be grumpy. <laughs> I still wish so much, first of all, that you and I were seeing it together, but that we were seeing it together in a drive-in. In a drive-in. Yep, that's yeah. the best way to see it. Totally. totally. Oh, I know. It's going to be really hard. Oh. oh, and they're already talking about the next one should, they are going to really push and rush it because they took their time to make quality with these other two. Um, to. to <laughs> To get it out in uh, 2016 because of the anniversary. Oh. Yeah, so let's totally, you know, stomp on our happy memories of that. Oh, well, on that happy note, um, let's take a little break because we've been let's going for a while. Let's do that. Um, and then there's a little package I have here that I kind of <gasps> was thinking about. I totally about. forgot. Yeah, yes. So let's let's do that when we come back. Okay, that sounds good. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We love our listeners, and we want to hear from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and comment at the blog at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. This podcast produced on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. And now we're back. We're back. We're back with a birthday present for Lena. Yay! Because her birthday's coming up. It's coming up. I know. Okay. So all I did was I opened the plastic bag. Okay. Didn't actually open it inside. So I'm going to open it now. I was under the influence of Marjorie when I bought this. <laughs> Is it an apron that says live long? No. <laughs> no. Let's see. Ooh. I see, I see stars. I see um, planets. This is from a place that's called Joy of Socks. And so they're space socks. Oh, my God. There's like four pairs of socks in here. Oh, wow. These are awesome. Oh, good. They're so cool. Okay. Four pairs of socks. Novelty socks. Sorry. Um, The company says designing novelty socks since 1989. (laughs) Oh, good. Well, that, you know, that'll keep your feet happy. These are great. Oh, so the first pair have a, like a, a, a space pad. They've got a space pattern on them. They're, so they're space socks. They're space socks. They've got galaxies and, and um, 
uh, suns and comets and everything. Here, let me hold that up to the camera so you can see them. Yes. They're really cool. They're black, black background. Okay. And then the next, <laughs> the next ones <laughs> are popcorn. Oh, yeah. They're not space <laughs> socks, but they're movie socks. I like these. These are great. They just, you can they wear them like... when you go to the movies. They, they're white, and then they have the red popcorn box on them, and then they have little corn up at the top. That's so cute. <laughs> and then we have um, another pair of space socks, but they're different ones, and these are just planets. These are very cool. Those are all the planets that Jimmy's been visiting. <laughs> That's great. Oh, and then look at these. Oh, these are knee socks. Wow. These are beautiful. These are sort of like a um, a space interpretation of Starry Night. Yes, and that's what I thought. I thought they were really oh, cool. These are beautiful socks. I love them. Thank you so much. What You're great welcome. Socks. Wow. Sock it to me socks. Love being washed with light colors in cold water. Okay. Oh, they're gorgeous. I love them. Thank you so much. Well, I know you like to keep your feet warm and yeah and i i love the designery socks they're really really pretty yeah well you know they're space socks so. <laughs> they're great and i will say as i said to you in the email that stuff that i ordered for you months ago is still on back order <laughs> i'm so annoyed they send me an email every month that says it's still on back order we don't know when we're going to send it Thanks. that's like that's when i was lot. trying to get that captain kirk bear oh I'm really quite annoyed about that. So well, yeah, Ger. yeah, Ger and R. But thank you. These these are great gifts, and I love them. I love them. Good. Love I'm them. I'm glad. I'm gonna wear them. To, I'm gonna wear them to work next week. Hee. Space socks. Okay. Cool. Yay. Thank you. Okay. Speaking of space socks, <laughs> there's a new update to Chateauetry. And now it has space words in it. Oh, space like words. Like star, star date and red alert and communicator. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody go update that and write some uh, Starfleet chateauetry with the space words. <laughs> okay, Marjorie, you, you can go now. <laughs> go make coffee. <laughs> Um, there are some new Ortiz posters out. Oh, yeah, let me look at those. Okay, the, like. these are very, very cool. Um, I want you to look at them and guess which one's my favorite. Okay, let me see. It's loading up here. They are from uh, A Piece of the Action. Oh, cool. Bread and Circuses, The oh, Omega wow. Glory, and For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky. Wow. Oh, they're all really cool. Um, the piece of the action one is pretty cool. Yes, it is. I, I love that one. I, I don't know. They're all good. The Omega Glory one is very, very um, science fiction-y. And then um, Bread and Circuses, man, that is just gorgeous. That's my favorite. Oh. And I love that the, the, the shield is the, the, the saucer, saucer of, the, of the starship and just... Oh. I don't know. The whole composition of it, the angle at which, obviously, Spock is, is standing is so wonderful. It is. And, and the color shading, it's got kind of a mm -hmm. gray wash all over it. And the mm -hmm. eye has a little glowing red thing because of the mask. It's got a, a, a Roman gladiator mask. Oh, that is beautiful. These are so cool, these posters. I love them. 
Well, I want to read what um, Ortiz has to say. Um, for a piece of the action, the poster features an alien from Sigma Iosha 2 holding a Tommy gun. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ortiz says, this may not be what they looked like in the actual episode, but I can imagine this working in either the Gold Key comics or the animated series. I consider the two mediums to be part of the TOS world. Oh, interesting. And then on Omega Glory, he said um, it's based on the opening teaser of the episode. And I don't remember what the teaser on that was. But the opening teaser seemed interesting enough to include in a poster. The flag was added because of the episode's storyline. I think if you're unfamiliar with the episode, this image should spark some interest in viewing it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. Um. A red shirt, often doomed on Star Trek, is featured on the poster, and Ortiz admitted to having wanted to depict one of them in his artwork. I didn't think that I would get the chance until I came to this episode. This is one of maybe two where I paid homage to the red shirts. Oh, that is great. But I do love that bread and circuses one. Yeah. Oh, it is. They're gorgeous, just like all the other ones have been. It's amazing to me that he keeps coming up with new designs. Yes, I mean, you, know? you look at these and think, oh, these are these are all by different people. But you look at the colors and the the way the lettering is on mm-hmm. for the world is hollow, and that's so freaky sixties. You know, yep. it's it's just great. It, he's just done a different, a completely different style for each one of them, and he hasn't repeated himself once on on any of these. They're just mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. So I, I'm so glad he's keeping that up, and that yeah. you know that it's being reported on, so that we can just find it when we need to. Cool. Let's um talk about the Steve Jobs will. <laughs> this was um it says found Steve. Jobs' last will and testament, and uh, it's it's really pretty funny, but it's it's kind of long. Mm-hmm. But um, he goes through all his requests and who he's leaving things to, and it's all really you know funny stuff. Um, you know, getting back at people who are mean to him in high school and stuff like that. But um, he says, um, should space rocket burials be unable at the time of my death, I would like to request that I be cremated and my ashes used in the set paint for the next Star Trek sequel. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, this is the last one, and speaking of which, I've always been curious as to who would win in a fight, George Lucas or William Shatner. Can we set that up? Send me the results. Should we ever invent the I communicate with the dead? (laughs) Oh, I think we know who would win that. I'm sure we know who would who would be the one for that? So, um, th- one of the other ones that I really liked, and all of his final requests are labeled "Request 1.0" and "1.1" yes. and "2.0." Um, request 4.0. I hereby bequeath my collection of 85 identical black turtlenecks to Mark Zuckerberg. Clean yourself up, <laughs> shithead. <laughs> yes, that was good too. <laughs> I like that. Very funny. And now, something we heard a little bit about, but now I have the full story. Is yes. there is a book called Dear Me, where people, I guess probably mostly celebrities, were asked to write a letter to their 16-year-old self. Mm-hmm. And we had heard a little bit about it, but here is the full text of what Will, what Will, what William <laughs> Shatner wrote in his letter, and I want to read that. Oh, good. Okay, it's uh, dated April 2011. Dear Billy, <laughs> I'm sure I catch you harried, tense, and nervous about the girl next to you upon whose body you'd like to jump. (laughs) 
I know your hormones are raging, and you hide your erection so no one can see by pressing your school <gasps> books against your lap and trying to think of mother and baby. Oh. <laughs> if you are not thinking about girls, then you are thinking about football. Yes, I thought you could... Okay, yes, I thought you could run fast enough, throw far enough, and survive the head-pounding blows by defensive players 100 pounds heavier than you. Was I mistaken? Did Haskell Blower run faster than you and beat you out of the running back position? I know he did. Whatever became of Haskell? (laughs) Perhaps you're thinking of the tiny stage at Victoria Park and the play that Violet Walters wants to put on and whether you are adequate or not. Yes, that inadequacy. It's there all the time, isn't it? Can you remember your lines? Will you faint in front of the audience? Will you step off the stage into oblivion? Can you run as fast as Haskell Blower? (laughs) Will that girl ever put her arms around you and tell you that she loves you? Come to think of it, wouldn't it be great if Daddy and Mommy said that they loved you? Wait, maybe they did in their own way. It's hard to figure, isn't it? Well, let me tell you, it all works out. The girl finally tells you she loves you, the stage awaits you, and is your forum, and I'm sorry, but football is not your calling. My word of advice to you, my son, my boy, is to live in the moment. Enjoy those feelings of inadequacy. Oh, now the dog's growling. Succumb succumb to the terror of... I can hardly read this print small, and I'm trying to keep the dog away from the screen. Succumb to the terror of your hormonal disorder. Live in your youth because it passes too quickly. What will be, will be, and although there is much you can do about it, in the end, there isn't much you can do Mm -hmm. about it. The idea is to keep trying. Don't let up. Things happen. Good, bad, dull, and exciting. Survive, struggle, and keep the love in your heart. The truism of one life to live is there because that's true. Enjoy the music of your life because once the band stops playing, that's it. With Mm. great love, Bill Shatner. And then in parentheses, he writes, in case you didn't know. <laughs> wow. I really well, like that. Yes. That very, is really good. It's interesting. I mean, it, it's kind of funny, but it's also got some, some wonderful honesty to it. Yeah. That stuff about his mother and father, that's really mm-hmm. interesting. Mm. Isn't it? Yeah. And then the stuff about inadequacy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that's something that uh, came out on the Hasbin album too, right? Yes. You know, just always being fearful and wondering. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's so great. That's, that's the text of the letter, and I thought it was definitely worth sharing here. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that he said, once the band stops playing, that's it, which sort of reinforces some other things that we'd read about him, you know, not really believing that there's an afterlife and things right. like that. And just, yeah. uh, it, it's nice to hear him say that again. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's great. Good job, Bill. Yeah. He wrote himself a good letter. He did. Um, well, uh, let me quickly quickly look at the fan mail. <gasps> fan and then mail. we'll do then we'll do the Etsy segment. Oh yes, please. That sounds okay. good. Okay. Uh let's see. Uh here's one called Bill Shills. <laughs> and it's <laughs> Sorry. It's from Captain Ho. Yay! He, and he had he um attached something. He attached the photograph. Mm-hmm. And um it's well I'll I'll read the email and it will tell you. Um I saw this as I was walking to work a couple days ago. It's a flyer for the At Fenway album. You may remember that Bill filmed a video for the song at Fenway Park last summer. Yes. 
the thing that really struck me about this was that Shatner is in big letters at the top of the sheet, and the picture is of Bill in his umpire's outfit. The guy who actually wrote the song and sings on the album, Brian Evans, appears in the fine print at the bottom of the page. (laughs) Awesome. Obviously, someone marketing this album knows what sells. Of course, that is great. Hilarious. Isn't that good? And I'll send you the picture. It's pretty cool. But he also wants to know, are you two still thinking about going to shore leave? I'm going to be there this year, and it would be great to finally meet you in person. Oh, wow. Um, Cap'n Ho and everybody else, we are still thinking about it. I have written to the Shore Leave people to see if we could possibly perform some of our live Look at His Butt show while we're there. So if any of you have any influence with the powers that be at Shore Leave, you might want to, you know, pound their heads a little and, and mm-hmm. say, yes, get those butt girls here. So that that's still it's still on the uh, on the list of, of things we are hoping to make happen. Yes, absolutely. So that was good. Um, and then Cheryl, here it is. Here's where I got that information. Cheryl sent us this. Iowa finally has Shatner shilling for a law firm, and mm-hmm. it earned him a press release, complete with a shout-out to Riverside Yay. and props for Denny Crane's win record. He says, right here in Des Moines. So they <laughs> must be new, not just retreads. So... That's, that's where I'd heard that about the Iowa. And then um, we're going to get to the Etsy segment, so I won't read. Oh, wait, here's something, something else. <gasps> what? What is it? Okay, let me see. Did I? No, I did. Oh, oh did I read this uh, thing about killing Twerpy Kirk? Uh, no. no. Okay, remember in the last show we asked for different ways to kill Kirk? Yes. Okay, Jen wrote to us. I recently found an article where the reviewers tried to kill Kirk in a video game. Now, before you get all upset, it's okay (laughs) since it's Pine Kirk. (laughs) Okay, that's fine then. (laughs) Who I like to call Twerpy Kirk. (laughs) That works. Not, Not Bill. The only shame is he is unable to kill him. I don't know if that means the game is any good, but with the track record of Star Trek games, probably not. That, and it sounds like it is a movie-based game, which is usually bad anyway. So most likely, the game is bad. (laughs) So, um, you do have some options out there for killing Twerpy Kirk. That's good. Uh, Always always creative ways to think about. I mean, killing Twerpy Kirk actually would be pretty easy. You know, Mm -hmm. killing Bill would be hard because he don't ever die and stay dead. But killing, killing Twerpy Kirk... That would be simple. I think anybody could manage that, honestly. Now, I want to ask you what you think about this. I, I encountered this at a bookstore the other day. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew about this, but I never, I never used the phrase myself, and I wonder what you were thinking about it. The Kirk played by Shatner and the Spock played by Nimoy, now that we have this new into dumbness thing, um, are referred to, unfortunately, not as real or original, <laughs> but as Spock Prime and Kirk Prime. Prime. What? Oh, I had seen um, Spock I referred was... to. Well, yeah. no, no, no. I, um, when the movie came out, I had seen Nimoy referred to as Spock Prime within the context of the new movie. Mm. But well, I this never... was referring to Kirk Prime. No, but I'd never seen that, and I'd never seen them referred to that outside of the context of that movie. People were only using that to distinguish between the two characters in the movie. 
So how is the rest of the world dis- distinguishing be- between young douchey Kirk and the real thing? Um, Are they just Coke and new Coke? And I if guess, you just I, say Kirk, you mean the real Coke? I mean the I real guess. Kirk? The real Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe they're they're putting, like, I've seen it where it's Kirk Perens Shatner and Kirk mm-hmm. Perens Pine, like that, where you just mm-hmm. reference the or, actor. You know what it should be? It should be, you know, um, Shatner exclamation point Kirk, Pine, unhappy face emoticon Kirk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. That would totally work. It would work for me. Um, yeah, the whole prime thing sounds, I don't know, it just doesn't sit with me. Yeah. Well, I think it's better than saying old and new because, you know, old Kirk isn't old. Uh, well, how about original and cheap knockoff? Yeah, that, that would work. That would work, too. Oh, you know, what I, I actually thought was funny when, it, again, within the context of the movie, I believe it was Junk who said that um, Spock was old, wrinkly Spock. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that totally was another jonkism. Yeah. It was really old, wrinkly Spock. That's right. <laughs> that totally worked. Like I, yeah. I was, I was fine with that. <laughs> oh God! So, so yeah, um, you know, now we know that Jen calls him Twerpy Kirk. What are the rest of you? What are your references for for new and and old or original and cheap knockoff or? <laughs> I, lo- I do like Young Douchey. That one really works that, for me. It speaks to me. It definitely works for me. Yep. Oh, goodness. All right. Um, do we want to move on to the Etsy segment? Let us Etsy away. Yeah, we really do need to get a theme song for that. I um, know. If I had any time at all, I'd, I'd sit down and write one. That would be good. Really? You would? Okay. I would. Yeah, I would. Okay. Um, we've got a couple different things here. And the first one that I want to talk about is one that I found whilst trolling around. And um, this is called James Tiberius Kirk Leadlight Style. Leadlight Style. Leadlight Style. And if you take a look at it, it's taking a minute to come up on my browser. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah. um, So it's a painting. And (laughs) it says... Hand-painted onto stretched canvas, this lead-light style painting is hand-painted, let's say it again, hand-painted, depicting <laughs> Captain James Is C. it painted Kirk by hand? <laughs> of the Starship Enterprise. Now, get this is what someone says about it. This is the person who's selling it, okay? Okay. Uh, depicting Captain James T. Kirk of the Starship <laughs> Enterprise, this thing creeps me out. <laughs> <laughs> is that a selling point? <laughs> Buy this, give me $45 for a thing that I'd just as soon get out of my house. Exactly. <laughs> and it's from Australia, of all places. Uh-huh. Um, so I think what lead light style is supposed to mean is that it looks like stained glass. Yes. So they've painted something that looks like a weird religious icon, except that it's supposed to be Kirk. But it's... It's not. Um, I mean, It it's, doesn't look at all like him. No, and it's just... It looks like look- somebody made... Uh, 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 a Kirk muffin or a Kirk souffle and it fell in the oven. It, it did. And his hair is the same color as his tunic. And yeah. he's got big red lips. It looks like he's wearing drag queen lipstick. And, <laughs> and the, blue you eyes. Know, blue eyes. And then the little, you know, the, the little gap that's under your nose that connects your mm-hmm. nose and your lips is white for some reason, which is yeah. really weird looking. I don't so get that. So it really that. jumps out. Yeah, so that's a weird thing. And I personally don't think that's worth $45. I'm just saying. No. 
No. Um, Especially if it creeps out. If it creeps out, yeah, if it creeps out the seller, it will definitely creep out anybody who buys it. That's Um, right. So now the next couple of things that we have on Etsy come to us courtesy of Jen, the aforementioned Jen, who wrote and and sent some things that she had found as well. So the first thing is is very weird and interesting, and I don't really get it, but um, this is somebody's idea of art. Yeah, I don't get this at all. It says, Star Trek Starship Enterprise Dictionary Print Dictionary Art. So someone's taken a page out of a dictionary, and they've overlaid it with uh, a picture or print of the Enterprise and then some coloring behind it. So it looks like the Enterprise is flying over Earth, I guess. No, Um, see, I thought it looked like the Enterprise had gone surfing. Oh, it does kind of look like that. Yeah, it's true. Um and then there's no real description of what it's supposed to be or why you'd want to buy it. And it comes in a kind of a cheap-looking frame. So I don't really get that. Um, no. But, you know, for somebody out there who wants it, um, whatever. Uh, okay. So the next one. and um, This Jen, is the one that creeps me out. Yeah. And Jen actually said that she said, the next one is creepy. According to the listing, it's a museum quality piece. And I get that if a museum was in an, was in an insane asylum. <laughs> Spock is super creepy and stares right at you. Try sleeping with that one above your bed. I doubt yeah. you would a wink. And I agree. So it's old, really old wrinkly Spock. Except it's not really Spock. It's taken from a photograph of Leonard Nimoy that I've seen. Like one of his more recent um, portraits that was done in mm-hmm. black and white. And then they've clearly copied that and put some Spocky, uh, you know robes on him yeah so uh it says in this work i wanted to capture leonard nimoy as he is today but as spock in his vulcan robes this was a joy to paint spock signed spock signed um museum quality geekley print i use only natural oil paint blah 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 and this person also does other paintings but yeah it's super super creepy um and well, i would not want to have that in my house I wouldn't either, and it looks to me like this is how Spock the murderer looks right before he knifes you. <laughs> now, what's but, also interesting, I don't know if you noticed this on the Etsy page, but there's um, two two views of the painting, and then there's yes. a, a suggestion for where you might do it, and it's in like this very modern Ikea-y looking bedroom with this stupid thing hanging right over your bed. Right. <laughs> But you know what else my first thought, my very first thought when I first saw this was? That is a painting that they might have used on Night Gallery. Yes. I Do you remember the, how, the style of those Night Gallery oh, yes. paintings? Yeah. This fits right in. I completely agree. Yeah. Yep. All right. That creeps um, me out. And then, so um, um, would that yes. be an interesting pairing to have um, Lead Light Kirk and Murderer <laughs> Spock? Hyper-realistic Spock, maybe. They could, they could <laughs> put the two paintings across from each other and they could just stare at each other. Uh, yeah, and creep each other out. Creep each other out, yeah. <laughs> um, so the last one is uh, really, really weird also. And it <laughs> says... So cute. Star Trek guinea pig costume. The description <laughs> says... Dress up your guinea pig for cute photo ops in these guinea pig-sized Star Trek uniforms based off the original series. Each uniform is embellished with the Star Trek symbol on the left shoulder and a black collar. Choose from science blue, engineering red, and command gold. My favorite line, fits most adult guinea pigs. (laughs) (laughs) One size fits most. 
<laughs> For photography only, do not leave guinea pigs unsupervised while wearing anything. <laughs> picture of two little <laughs> guinea pigs just sitting there like what the hell are you doing Why a am science I guinea this? pig and a, a, a red shirt guinea pig and in the world of guinea pigs i'm not sure if being a science guinea pig is any better than being a red shirt guinea pig i don't know and then there's some additional ones including the very last one is a picture of um, a big black guinea pig wearing command gold and it looks like it's just not very happy to be wearing <laughs> some clothes <laughs> Why are they doing this to me? <laughs> Can I take it off now, please? <laughs> Jen says, the last piece reminds me of the rat lady he used to talk about all the time. Why would you dress up hamsters? Well, because you can. That's why. And that's they, why. Love Star- they love Starfleet uniforms. Just ask them. They'll tell you. <laughs> hey, and they're only $5. That's pretty cheap. They're made from felt. It looks like felt. And I can't quite see how they close. They must have like a Velcro closure on the bottom or something. Well, and I can't tell either, but it looks like they have like little armholes. They do have so little armholes. You've got to put these little... First of all, get the little guinea pig in this without killing it, yeah. and then get its little arms through the holes. I've never owned a guinea pig, so I don't know um, how pliable they are, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I I, mean, I can't imagine doing this with, like, my cat, Wait, Let me example. just look that up on, um, you know, <laughs> something. Oh. Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Dressing How up guinea pigs. Are guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, um, so, yes. There you poor go. Poor little guinea pigs. Yeah. They didn't ask for this, really. No. No. Wait, you know, there's one other thing we haven't talked about yet from the list. What's that? The first and last triple to join Starfleet. Oh, yes. You know, we mentioned this very, very briefly um, when we were talking about the... Um, Q-Pop art show down in Los Angeles because this mm-hmm. was in fact a piece for the Q-Pop art show. So um, yeah, it's it's very cool, uh, and uh, you know this was just a, a piece that they had done. I think we were talking about it. And we said it's a triple that's wearing a red shirt, but over on Nidorama they um, came up with a little backstory. Yes. Says, um, Crewman Fripple was intelligent, friendly, and diligent. He was an excellent security guard on the Enterprise. Alas, he was killed in the line of duty while accompanying, accompanying Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, and Dr. McCoy on a planetside mission. Because he's a red shirt, of course. Yes, yes. In one of the profix, and I think it's that, um, that one we love, where... Uh, Kirk first takes command of the Enterprise, and there's a space circus, and Gary Mitchell's in. He keeps, uh-huh. he keeps having flashbacks to Gary. Um, in that one, there is a uh, a Horda in Starfleet. Yes, I remember that. In fact, I'm pretty sure that that was the Horda Starfleet guy was in several uh, fix. Really? Like it was, it was a recurring character, like the fix with the crystal spider, who was also in Starfleet, right? <laughs> yeah. There was all kinds of stuff early on in Starfleet fic. There were all kinds of things. And it's strange. They were all things that had yet to be discovered. Yeah. 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 So what do you I mean you've never seen a Horda? There's one living next door to you. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it wears a red shirt. Oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think that first to, to last triple actually looks like... Um, 
oh, I can't think of the comedian's name. He was this this lunatic. Rip, Rip. Oh, Rip there? Torn? No, no, not no, Rip no. Torn, um, a comedian. Rip Taylor, Rip, that was it. Rip Ta- yes. He looks like Rip Taylor's toupee. He does. And uh, yes, I can Sitting on a, a, a red shirt collar or something. Yep. yep. Um, let's see. There's one more thing that I had on here. Which, oh, okay. Um, well, I think it was actually from your list, but it was the uh, craft book, the Star Trek craft book. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Wait. Oh, phew. Yes, so let me get to that. Well, let's talk about that. Um, the interesting, th- or one of the interesting things about this is it's a, a book, obviously, of Star Trek crafts, and it's got a Spock sock monkey on the cover. Mm-hmm. But um, I think many of the things that are for sale on Etsy originally came from this book. Oh, you are probably right about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, you're so clever. Well, and the the subtitle to this is Star Trek Craft Book. Make it so. Oh. Ah, ah, ah. We need a, a rim shot for that one for sure. And um, it's a collection of 25 fun and unique Star Trek inspired crafts from accessories to decor to toys. Ideal for enterprising crafters oh. of every skill level. <laughs> I wonder if they have the guinea pig costumes in there. Well, let's see. It says they have the featured products are fun, quirky, even practical. And <laughs> include practical. <laughs> crocheting, embroidery, sewing, decoupage, <laughs> stenciling, felting, and more. More. Always more. Always, well, always, always, always. But let's see. This is on an Amazon page. Can we do look inside the book? Oh, let's see. Click to open expanded view. Let's see. Where do you where do you see that? I don't see that. Oh, it just has got the cover. It's uh, just oh. underneath the image of the cover. Oh. So, so I don't think. Nope. No. Nope. Not on this one, unfortunately. Okay. Well, if one of you is a crafter and you buy it, please tell us. If it's yes, good. let us know what crafty things are in there because. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can never have too much Star Trek crap. <laughs> oh, let's see. Well, I think that covers a lot of what we were going to talk about. Did you have more things? Oh, no, I think that wraps it up. Oh, um, and also, I want to throw it out to listeners. If you can think of some wonderful, magical way that Lena and I, and maybe all of you, can get together to see Star Trek Into Dumbness, <laughs> to make it tolerable, that would be wonderful. This is true. Well, I would certainly be willing to um, go and see it with anybody in the San Francisco Bay Area. That is yeah. for sure. Uh, if anybody's around. I should ask Will the Thrill if he wants to go see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. I do have one more Star Trek thing to tell you. <gasps> tell this me. is great. Okay. Um, I met an actor, and young guy. He's like 30 years old, but we get to talking, and he told me that he had lived in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. And he said at the time that the, the Star Trek experience was there. And I went, oh, well, I'm a big Trekkie. So we started talking. Well, being an actor, he went to audition for them when they oh, had wow. an audition call to, to work it. And, you know, it was sort of an improv audition. They took you in, you know, and put you on the bridge and, I don't know, gave you a situation, told you to do things. And uh, and he said it didn't go well. And <laughs> he said to them, okay, I know this isn't going well, but I really don't care because I'm on the bridge of the Enterprise, which is where I've wanted to be since I was 10 years old. Wow. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, did he get hired? No, he did not get hired. Oh, 
well, that's cool, though, that he got to be on the bridge of the Enterprise. Yes, yes, I thought that was great. Oh, that's great. Oh, and you here's, know, the, here's one of the strange, wonderful things about Trekkies. The person who introduced the two of us was with us at that time. And we were having this nice little three-way conversation about theater and everything. And the minute got on a Star Trek, <laughs> she might as well have dropped dead. Because the two of us were like, <laughs> we were yes. our own little convention. That is always the way it works. There is so much to say about Star Trek. There always is. Well, let us wrap it up for now. Yes, let's wrap on that note. Yes. Um, So uh, all those people out there, um, you know, let us know uh, what your plans are for seeing the new movie. If you have a way to hook us up with the people at Shore Leave, let us know about that. Yes, yes, I haven't heard back from them yet. Yep, so we'll see if we can manage that. Um, And keep sending us things you find on Etsy, other things. We always love getting email from you. It's just always wonderful. And now everybody just put on your space socks. (laughs) And blast off. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, let me know how the space socks work out. (laughs) I will. I will definitely do that. So until next time, everybody, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.